Welcome to another episode of Heroes And. This is a podcast where we talk about heroes and comics, movies, TV shows, and the comic event Civil War II being delayed. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to talk about it. I'm Cody. And I'm Andy. And today we are talking about Heroes And Top 5 Sidekicks. Quick disclaimer, though. We record this wonderful podcast in Florida, Orlando, Florida to be exact, and it is still summer. And we do not record in a soundproof room. So there's a chance that you will hear some thunder in the background. We aren't afraid of it, but we're not overly fond of what follows. I understood that reference. And I understood that reference. (laughs) All right. And like Andy said, today we are talking about top five sidekicks. Now, if you've been listening to Heroes and for a little while, uh, or if this is your first time listening, what we do when we do our top five episodes is we just go through our five favorite of whatever the subject is. And yep. so uh, for this one, we're going to talk about our top five sidekicks. Uh, and Andy, would you like to go ahead and uh, get us started with your first sidekick? Yeah, man, for sure. So um, this one is probably the number one sidekick that comes to mind, I feel like. Just, I, I guess, general, uh, you know, population or whatnot, you know, general general audience or whatever. And it is Robin. Now, I'm choosing, because there's different Robins, I'm choosing the the original Robin, Dick Grayson. That is, in my opinion, uh, the best Robin and definitely one of my top sidekicks. I love this character so much. I love that we were able to see this character uh, have so much history. Again, it was the first Robin, the first, you know, sidekick that Batman had. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to see him continue to grow and mature as, you know, a sidekick. And then eventually he went solo and had his, you know, he became his own superhero. He, he has his own identity now as a superhero, and that is Nightwing. And so it's just really cool. Like, I, I really appreciate that about this particular sidekick is that we he goes he grows up and he becomes his own Mm -hmm. superhero and what's even what i i think it's pretty cool and pretty neat is whenever he's with batman again like if they ever are working on a mission together or if it's like in an animated movie or in a video game or whatever they just go right back to just being the dynamic duo like you know they, they, they don't miss a beat when they come back together and that's that's a lot of fun to see that even as an adult, even when, you know, Dick Grayson is no longer Robin, but he's Nightwing, Batman still sees him, sees him as like a sidekick to some degree. Right. And like, it's even more fun to see Dick Grayson like, what the heck, Batman? Like, I'm Nightwing. Like, I'm not Robin anymore. Like, I'm, right. a, you know, <laughs> like, like, so that grew up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Got my own name. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I appreciate that dynamic a lot about the character why this robin over like you know damian wayne Jason yeah and todd and those guys I, I think honestly i think it's the i think it's a again the idea that we're able to see this whole character and the the growth and the development of this character mm-hmm. and so naturally this this person couldn't stay the boy wonder you know, for forever, you know, even it'd be it, a little weird if he was a 20, 25 year old dude. Yeah, around <laughs> exactly. <in> spandex. <laughs> exactly. Like there eventually like this person was going to have to grow up and was going to have to mature and all that stuff. And so um, I like the fact that they made him this incredible. In my opinion, I he's one of my super favorite superheroes 
uh, definitely within the whole like DC, you know, comic book universe. I love Nightwing. I really do. And it's really cool. Like I've joked with, with I know I've joked with you before, Cody, but like, it, like in my in my workplace, you know, I want to uh, be the fun sidekick, but at the same time, I want to be taken like seriously and like be mature. And so, like Nightwing, Nightwing is like the best, <laughs> like the best person <laughs> the best to happy be. Medium, yeah, man. exactly. So I, I really enjoy that. Damian Wayne. Going back to your question, like Damian Wayne is a close a close one to for, for me as being like one of my favorite Robins mm-hmm. only because there's that whole dynamic now of father and son, you yeah. know, aspect like blood father and son kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And so uh, that's a close second, but yeah, definitely when it comes to Robin, my favorite is still the original one, Dick Grayson. Um, so that's my first sidekick CP. What's your first one, man? My first one, I'm just going to, you know, take an, I think the other, big sidekick that you know people would think about at least in my mind and that's going to be luigi yes from yes. mario and luigi you know luigi mario yes this is, this is full name <laughs> yes um, but i think the reason that i love and appreciate this particular character so much is just growing up uh, my little brother zach and i would often play um super mario world on the super nintendo together and then um, even as we, you know, just like grew up then playing like new Super Mario Bros on Wii and, you know, and those games. Yeah. Um, it was always a dynamic of, I was always Mario. Like mm-hmm. he knew that <laughs> I was the older brother. So I got Mario yeah. and little brother just always got Luigi. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I, I can't even say that I've like really played Luigi's Mansion or any of those games. That, uh, you know, I don't think I have either, actually. Yeah, I've heard that they're good. There, there's a strong fan base, like yeah, that loves that game for sure. Yeah, but I haven't played it. Mm-hmm. But the uh, like in particular that new Super Mario Bros, um, especially in that one, once you could actually tell that they were different, you know, compared to compared yeah. to like Super Mario, yes. you know, Super Mario Bros, uh, yeah, huh. Super Mario World for Super Nintendo, um, where they just looked like the same guy, you know? Same guy, but different. Bit, yes, different uh, color. different color. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, Luigi, I think is, I think he's one of those ones that is going to be, or is kind of just, you know, like you think of, uh, thinking of sidekicks, you know, I think he's one of the, one of the easy ones that comes up. And I think mm-hmm. some of the, some of the maybe, you know, like up there with like Chewbacca and Han, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, he's, I just think he's so much fun. Um, and especially, I think just that, again, that identity um, or the relationship that I have with um, him and Mario because of my little brother and I. Yeah. Has a little bit of sentimentality. Oh, yeah, for sure. That definitely for you guys, it would, there's a, it hits home, in the, you know, in another way. Uh, did you, that Super Mario, the new one, well, not, the new new one but for the one for the original nintendo wii mm-hmm. um did you ever try to play that with with four players just r- side question random question yeah a couple not often yes but it was crazy <laughs> it really it really was man like, that, i i couldn't it was so much fun like it's one of my like what's one of my favorite games for sure like definitely mm-hmm. one of my favorite co-op games like it takes it to a whole nother level of how to try to beat a classic Mario level, like, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just scrolling from left to right, but it's, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Yeah. And then you have the four people, like there's so much happening once it's four people that it's mm-hmm. like, 
I, it's hard keeping track of like where you are on yeah. this, you know, uh, compared to the rest of the screen. So. It is great. And then the way you could just like bubble and then like if everyone bubbles, you kind of just the level <laughs> restarts like, oh, well, we screwed up. We all kind of like <laughs> messed up there. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of fun for sure. So, Cody, one more time, your, your first one. Uh, that's going to be Luigi from Mario and, you know, that world. Yes. Of Nintendo. Yes. Uh, so my second one, my second uh, sidekick um, comes actually from uh, another video game. Um, so you talked about, uh, you know, Super Nintendo and Mario and all that. Uh, my number two uh, sidekick comes from the video game franchise Gears of War, and that is Dom. So the the main player is, is Marcus, and then mm-hmm. um, the, the person that really becomes the sidekick, and even when you play co-op, the first person is Marcus, and then the second person, the second player is is Dom, kind of mm-hmm. similar to like Mario and Luigi. Okay, and um, but they give they give this character uh, a good amount of like side story. Like they really, especially over the course of all three games, because um, they're getting they're getting ready to release a new one, a new Gears of War. I think it comes out in November, probably around Christmas time. Uh, but in the original three. Uh, Gears of War 1, 2, and 3, they really flesh out, between all three of those games, uh, Dom's uh, backstory. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, it's really good. And they really tie it all together. And they really give it a good uh, conclusion, at, uh, you know, in that third that third Gears of War. Um, but I've really, that video game, I really love that video game. And I know it's, uh, for any, you know, for our young listeners, uh, the game is rated M for a reason because that that video <laughs> game is bloody and gory and all that stuff and mm-hmm. um, so just want to put that out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. I remember just like being just so caught off guard about how incredible this this new game was. And you know, I'm a Halo guy, Cody. I know how much you love Halo. See, you love. I love. I really, really love Halo. Yes. So much that I wouldn't. <laughs> I never played Gears of War. Okay. <laughs> because I was too busy not playing Halo. Not playing Halo. <laughs> no. So that actually, uh, Gears of War as a franchise, I didn't think I was gonna like it because again, I'm a Halo guy. But Gears of War came out and it was just a different game. It was just a different first-person shooter. And I really, really enjoyed it. So, um, so that's why when I think of sidekicks, I, I think of of Dom. Do you yeah. have a favorite of the three Gears uh, games? I don't. It, it's been a while since I played all you know those three games. I, and I usually because they were don't Xbox Three Sixty, right? Yeah, yeah. And I and I usually don't go go back and play a, a game again, like for a second time after I've, I've uh, like finished it and beaten it. But I would, I would think maybe that first one, like, because that first one was just so, it was incredible. It really was, mm-hmm. and it, I just wasn't anticipating this crazy game where you have a gun and you're shooting and killing all these monsters, but there's a chainsaw at the end of it. And so if you <laughs> melee one of these monsters, you just you just ripped that guy in half and it was just like what is this and i think it came out just to kind of age myself i think it came out my senior year of high school so like this was this is all i ever needed in life <laughs> Back, i was like this is it my my life is complete now so um so it might have been that that first gears of war but but yeah i really enjoyed the characters of that of that whole franchise and uh so dom again that's my second 
uh, sidekick. Uh, Cody, how about you, man? Uh, my number two is also going to come from the video game. Okay. Uh, and I think I've talked about this game series in the past, um, but I'm thinking of Daxter from Jack and Daxter. Uh, and if you, Andy, have you played those games at all? No, not. I wish. I wish I did. And there's a part of me I feel like I might have missed something really, really special and like really good about. That was a PS2, right? Um, yeah, it was. All, yeah, they were all PS2. They did get remastered, I think, for PS3. At one yeah, point or I feel like that. I I might have missed something really cool and special with with that franchise. But yeah, I never got around to it. Gotcha. Yeah, those ones. Um, I think which I, I jumped in with the third one. Okay. <laughs> like I never I, I think I played the second one just a little bit. Okay. But I, the first one that I like played through. Uh, in its entirety, was Jack Three, um, and it, <laughs> and I think the things I, th- I enjoy the most is just as you're, you know, like you're playing as Jack, you know, and you're mm-hmm. like going through and you know fighting monsters and riding hoverboards and stuff like that. But um, just throughout, as you're playing throughout the game, Daxter would just kind of like he would just kind of commentate, you know. Yeah, he's a little orange otzel, which is a otter, otter and a weasel like mixed together okay so, um, okay but, so he would just ride on jack's shoulder um and just kind of comment on what was happening and things like that um and some of the animations for when he dies like when you die yeah, yeah. um he would jump up on your chest and like be t- like as if he was talking to jack you know uh-huh. as jack was dying um and like like some of them like he they would just you know straight out like acknowledge that it's a video game and things like that like there's one in particular i remember where he says um like Jack dies and he's like, you see what happens when they take my name out of the title? Like, <laughs> That's like, awesome. Because That's they just, you know, they just open, uh, openly, you know, acknowledge, hey, you know, they break the fourth wall, so to speak. Exactly. Yes. Um, but yeah, Daxter, he, I think, which he, he really doesn't do anything. Like there's a couple points in the games where, um, where you play as him and you're like running around doing stuff, you know, um, getting in places that Jack can't get to, you know, because on. Oster, Daxter is a lot smaller, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think, he, I just think he was so funny. I did play, they had a Daxter game for uh, PSP. Mm-hmm. They kind of just bridged the story a little bit between um, the events, I think, of 2 and 3. Um, okay. Or no, of 1 and 2, I'm sorry. Um, that just kind of, you know, gave gave you a backstory on what was happening to Daxter in the time. Because in the... To, not to spoil it too much, you know, if you ever want to go back and play a game that came out <laughs> 12 years ago, 13 years ago. But but Jack was off the map, you know, kind of in between those two games. And so um, just showing you a little bit of what Daxter was doing. I was going to ask you um, if there was gameplay for both characters or just mainly for, for one. Or was like, you know, but you kind of said it like he really was just kind of on your shoulders yeah he just shoulder, kind of right? ro- like rode around um there's a couple like i said there's a couple points where like you know you got to get into a tight space and mm-hmm. so um kind of i guess thinking back to like i don't know like maybe in um like maybe in like the batman arkham games where you could send the bat like the remote control battering yeah flying okay. through vents and stuff okay. like that like that kind of idea where he's okay. like you know getting into tighter places mm-hmm. um to you know open doors or whatever for yeah. jack didn't happen a lot but you know it was still still fun to do especially just because you're then seeing you know seeing him just be by himself you know and just um, being animated and, just and being, goofy and yeah so all that good stuff all but, right yeah, yeah so that's my that's my number two of my top five sidekicks daxter from jack and daxter all right so my number three on this top five is not necessarily something from geek 
culture as much as it is uh, just kind of pop culture and really just one of my favorite movies of all time. And I've gone on record to say this is actually my favorite movie of all time. And that is... I don't know uh, if you've talked about your favorite movie of all I, time on the podcast before. I feel like I might have just said it once or twice. I, the reason like just as a throwaway kind of I in think, passing? I think I might have talked about it when Tim was on the podcast and we were talking about like the five star, like his rating for stuff. And I think, okay. and I think maybe I might have mentioned it, but I'm not sure. But anyways, my favorite movie of all time is Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and uh, which leads into my number three sidekick, and that is Harry Dunn. And I love this movie so much. Uh, I think, in my opinion, it's, it's the funniest movie of all time, like the best comedy. Mm-hmm. There's some other like incredible comedies out there, and I'll, I'll give you that. But this is the funniest of all in time? In my opinion, this is uh, definitely, this is my, in my, again, my opinion, the best one. Um, so the movie revolves around these two characters, Lloyd and, and Harry, and I guess I guess because of the title and the way you kind of meet every, like the way everything's kind of um, presented and the way the story plays out, it I think it's safe to say that that Lloyd is the sidekick. Uh, it, it, no, Lloyd is is the is main the, is yeah. the main character, and then so Harry just by you know of course what you have left you have harry as the sidekick and so um movie is really funny it's about these two guys who aren't the smartest at all they're really uh hence the title dumb and they just <laughs> go on this journey across the country to return uh the a, a suitcase to um this girl and they just get into a bunch of trouble and nonsense and again they're they're dumb and dumber <laughs> about <laughs> everything and so there's a lot of funny parts in it and, and it's just like and i think not that there's one character that i think is better than the other but they both um both lloyd and and harry bring so much to the, to the movie and so many iconic scenes and particularly just talking about harry there's a part when they're in aspen um and that he's on the ski lift and he sees like frost on the the you know the metal railing on the pole and so he licks it and then his tongue like gets stuck on the pole like it gets frozen on there uh-huh. and so he's just there for like he tries to get it off and he just doesn't he can't do it so he just kind of like well this is it and he just he just sits there for about Time goes on 20, 30, 40 minutes or so, and he's just there, like still sitting, like with his tongue on this <laughs> m- metal railing. Um, so that's, you know, that's a fun scene. There's a scene where he um, just destroys a bathroom. I'll just say it like that, just to kind of keep it clean. Like <laughs> clean he goes in the... with a sledgehammer? No, he That's des- not what you mean? No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, he destroys a toilet uh, and all of the nastiness that you can possibly think of. Um, so again, Harry is one of. I love Dumb and Dumber, and so because of that, of course, I thought Harry Dunn, like, he's he's a, definitely one of my favorite sidekicks. Andy, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that... Oh, don't say it. That I've seen this movie in its entirety. Okay. I think I've just seen, like, <sighs> okay, bits I can, and pieces I can breathe on TV, you I know? can breathe a little bit. Just a little bit. So you've, you've, you don't but know if you've seen all of it in I its remember, entirety? I remember the pink and blue tuxes, right? Yes. I, remember, I said time out. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think uh-huh. I, I'm in the fluffy dog van. Yes, uh-huh. I remember, you know. Footlong. Who are the footlongs? <laughs> like there's so many. Oh my gosh. I love love that movie. We definitely 
maybe maybe after we record this because we're gonna work on you know on the edit and all this stuff afterwards maybe we'll i'll throw it in the in the background we can watch it okay. and i'll because <laughs> i so i've been told that i still laugh at this movie like if it's the first time i've seen it <laughs> and it really is and it's just like i know what even though i know the joke like i still like here it comes here it comes here it comes and then like bang and then eruption like i still <laughs> i still love this movie like yeah. i still laugh at all the parts it's just it's great so that's my that's my number three sidekick harry dunn from the dumb and dumber uh movies cody you're next man my next one comes from harry potter uh and it is his sidekick uh mr ronald weasley yes um and i think what i love about ron just off the top is that i think he's real you know, um, mm. I think we see often, um, you know, that like I I was thinking as, you know, just coming up with my top five list, even I was thinking of I thought of Samwise yeah. um, from, you know, from Lord of the Rings. Um, and while I think that Samwise is a great character and a great sidekick, mm-hmm. I know you Lord of the Rings fans out there might love, be love that might be, you know, like franchise. wanting to because I'm <laughs> but. Um, they're very mad right now. <laughs> I, yeah, they might be upset. But so I just want to say, like, while where Samwise never gives up hope, you know, he never loses faith in Frodo. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that Ron Weasley. There's moments where him and you know, like, they're teenage boys. You yeah, know, they're gonna like, they're gonna get into disagreements. Yeah, it's got to be hard for Ron to you know constantly kind of feel like he's in Harry's shadow. Yeah. Um. And so I, pre- I just appreciate that the moments when that happens, like thinking of, um, you know, in Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. when there's like there's that moment when like, and I think it, the book shows it or the movie shows it really well, where, um, Hermione's telling Harry something. She's like, Ron told me to tell you this, and then Ron's like, Well, tell ron or harry's like well tell ron and then hermione's like no i'm not your answering service you yes know? Yeah, like uh-huh. so, so just the uh, the funniness of that moment but mm-hmm. also just appreciating that even while they are disagreeing you know and even while they're not seeing eye to eye and they don't really want to be friends at that moment mm-hmm. um they're still trying like ron is still trying to look out for harry you yeah. know um and then the moment uh, in seven part one, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, in part one, um, when Ron he leaves, like he leaves Harry and Hermione mm-hmm. to find the Horcruxes themselves because he's been um, coerced so much by the power of the locket. Yeah, um, that's you know one of uh, one of the Horcruxes, and so um, he leaves, you know, and then he ultimately, you know, just he comes back and he saves the day you know in a mm-hmm. lot of ways um and you know and saves harry yet again and so um but yeah just thinking he's real also he's just really funny yeah um and then there's those moments as well in the fourth one when he's talking about girls uh, yes. <laughs> i think uh-huh. it's so funny uh-huh. like when he asked flora de la cor mm-hmm. out and then they're like what happened and he's like she walked by and you know i like the way they walk you know (laughs) that's what he says and i just think like i can relate to that Uh guy you know it's just funny so um but ron weasley is going to be my third um top five yeah so there's as you were talking about him um i was just thinking of different scenes in the in the movies that kind of just highlights some of the stuff that you were saying so like in that first one if i'm not mistaken when they're playing chess isn't he isn't he the one that kind of like sacrifices himself yeah. on the chessboard yeah, so that way 
like the that way Harry can like win, or like that way they can beat the 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 game, like the chess game. Yeah, he he like he lures the queen into a trap so yeah. that she'll still attack him, and then Harry can check you know checkmate the king. Yeah, um, and and win you know yeah. so and like win the chess game and yeah. Um, but he's like, you know, at that point, he's known Harry for about a year, I guess. But, yeah, short time. But still, think, yeah. like, they're only, you know, 12, 11, mm-hmm. 12 years old. And so um, him sacrificing, you know, that right off the bat is really cool. Also, just how really, I guess, maybe speaking for the Weasley family, just how how they're honest about that they're not that wealthy, you know, and they, yeah. and they just kind of take Harry, but they still kind of take Harry in and, you mm-hmm. know, give him. They're, you know, they give their friends to him, um, despite his status, you know, mm-hmm. um, and Harry just loves, you know, just being around them, just being in a normal family, you know, where he's kind of loved yeah. and appreciated. So I was also thinking of the the scene. Um, and I thought you were, maybe this is the same scene that you were talking about, Cody. I'm not, I'm not too familiar. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the scene where, um, Ron, like his biggest fear is like displayed before him mm-hmm. in the movie, and it's isn't it uh, isn't it Hermione and Harry being together? Being together, yeah. And I just thought, like, I again, I have no uh, my attachment to the Harry Potter franchise isn't as thick and you know and as much as maybe your attachment or some of the other you know like my wife Brittany or you know other mm-hmm. people who just love this franchise sure but even for me for when I was watching that watching that scene I was like oh snap like I just thought stuff just got real like that is probably the worst thing you can possibly see like if you're if you if you feel any insecurity whatsoever or you if you have any doubts or if you have any worries about your your girl and maybe one of your friends and like you know that's you like to see that before you like the way it is in him like that there's so much emotion there yeah and to your point and then, there, there's a lot of emotion with this character right you know so i really appreciated that and the other thing with that is at that point like ron and hermione haven't even like you know, there's not been any significant, you know, points of them being in a relationship. You know? Yeah. It's not until the end of the, like, the end of the last movie. Yeah. Where it's really kind of, you know, full on, like, they acknowledge, yeah, I like you, you like me, you know, all of those things. But, yeah, yeah that one in particular, like, because even, it's not even necessarily, I think, a thing, like, or rather, even if it was, even if Ron didn't like Hermione, I think it could still be a thing of... He, him, just fearing that if Ron and Hermione, or if Harry and Hermione get together, he's just gonna, he's gonna be Captain Third Wheel. You yeah, know? he's kind of just gonna get phased out right. of that of that relationship for so. sure. For sure, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. This sidekick, there's some real emotions there, good mm-hmm. and and bad, like you said. So, sure. all right, so I think I I think I'm up uh, for my next sidekick, and that uh, is this is gonna be sidekick number four. And I'm going to go with BB-8. Now, <laughs> before uh, Matt Sanders, if you're listening, before you and maybe other uh, Star Wars fans. Uh, Purist, freak, yes, as you would say. Fr- yes, freak out over me picking BB-8 versus maybe a Chewbacca. Um, why I picked BB-8 is because he brings so much emotion to the movie in my opinion Mm -hmm. 
uh, particularly obviously uh, episode seven. That's the only one that he's in. But he he brought so much emotion to that movie, in, in my opinion. Yeah. That I don't know if we were able to really tap into that with Chewbacca. I think there are some scenes that you can see that Chewbacca cares or that he's loyal and or he's brave, and, and I, I get all that. Mm-hmm. But I think I think they're kind of spread out between all three movies. Yeah, you know some of that stuff with Chewbacca, or versus with BB-8. I, in my opinion, you were able to get a, a, a better idea of his scale of emotions in just that one film, mm-hmm. and I think that's what really stood out to me about about this character is that. He there is there's that scene where we you know where <laughs> where Ray is trying to fix the Millennium Falcon and and Finn is saying hey you gotta help me help me droid please and all this stuff and and you see like he's caught in the middle of like <laughs> who do I trust and you see him really look back and forth like oh I don't I don't who do I trust who do I, do I help him like like there's that I really enjoyed that of course the following scene like when he tells him the answer like the location. And then he throws the lighter, thumbs up, like that's huge. Like there's so much, mm-hmm. so much emotion there. Um, <laughs> when you see him, and this was m- surprisingly like heartbreaking, more like more heartbreaking. Than I, I think thought I might it was, know where you're going. Is when he when he thinks that his owner died. Yeah, and you just see his like the top half of his body like just drop, and he just kind of mm, like he, he just like, rolls off. He just kind of rolls off. Yeah, very like. Again, it's a droid, but yet I'm feeling so many emotions from mm-hmm. what this character is going through. And so um, I definitely, uh, I love BB-8. It's probably, he's, he's probably my, my favorite new character from the, from the, you know, from episode seven. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to just seeing what else he brings to the table, yeah. you know, into the, in, you know, in the other two films and, uh, as far as droids go, in my opinion, he's he's my he's the best one. He's my favorite droid. So he's, he's the droid you were looking for. He is the droid <laughs> that I was looking for, and so uh, that's why I that's why I put him as a psychic. Uh, obviously, the psychic to to Poe, you know, um, or even Ray. Really, as the movie plays out, it sure. might be the the psychic to Ray actually. So, um, so that's my number four psychic. Uh, BB-8. Yeah, I think with him, maybe more so than R2, arguably, I think. Yeah. But in particular, I just think of this, his voice, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is weird to say because it's just a series of beeps and boops and, yeah. you know, and all those things. But um, I think so much is communicated just in the way, like when he screams, you know, and he's like, <laughs> he's like freaking out. Yeah. And then I think of like when he shoots out the Spider-Man like <laughs> things and the cables, the hang. cables yeah. hang, and he's like hangs in the middle of the, in the millennium, in the middle of the millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. He's just so much fun. Andy, were you ever tempted to buy one of those little Sphero? I was droids, but I was, I was tempted to, to buy one of those. I will say that the temptation was really actually weak because I saw like, that you know, there's a remote control one. There's like one that you can control it with your your smartphone and all this stuff. But then I was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. But then immediately I realized that they were small. Yeah. And then I realized, nope, I don't want it. I don't need it. So now my goal is, if I ever get a BB-8, like I want a life size BB-8. Like don't give me, <laughs> don't give me a. a don't puny... come at me with your pop figure. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's tiny, dude. Like I get it. I mean, it's really cool to control it and all that stuff. I'm sure, but. 
in my head, I was like, no, if I'm getting a BB-8, give me a, a BB-8. And so uh, a life-size one, one that just rolls and follows, you know, follows me in the kitchen <laughs> and around the house. And um, that's what I want. So I was tempted, but it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> there, there, there was a time where I was in a pretty serious group message or message conversation with uh, Matt Sanders. Yes. She's got name dropped like twice on this episode. Yes. He's, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> For sure. He's um, a big deal. But uh, we were talking pretty seriously about the cost of of BB-8, comparing the Hasbro one to the Sphero one, yeah. you know, and all of these things. Could you just make one, you know? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I've seen some some people online uh, make and build some, like, life-size one, like, on their own. And it, like, total cost came out to, like, $100, $125 or something yeah. like that. Like, pretty reasonably cheap for what you're getting like, yeah. if you build it correctly. And so when I saw that, I'm, I, I was thinking to myself, like, it is possible, first off, and <laughs> now that's a re- that might be an actual temptation for me to get is that life size one for sure. So, um, so yeah, so that's my sidekick, uh, BB-8. CP, what's your number four, man? My next one is uh, from the Iron Man movies, and I know Iron nice. Man. He might have. <laughs> okay, I'm just I don't know what it is. So I'm actually really in, in, I'm anticipating this. Okay, he, I feel like he might have some like you know you got like War Machine, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you got, you know, Rhodes, of course. Yes. Rhodes. That's yes. Civil War. Yes. Um, but I'm thinking of Jarvis, mm. um, which you might not know this, but his, Jarvis actually is an acronym, uh, and it's just a rather very intelligent system. Is, there it is. is okay. <laughs> all right. Which is not wrong. Not wrong at all. Um, but, uh, I think I, what I, what I appreciate most about Jarvis is that he is very much, um, which he's a robot, so it's like one of those things where it's like, <laughs> why is he funny? I just said BB-8, bro. You're this is a safe place. You can you can, <laughs> you mean, can share. But he's with, not a robot, that's really. True, he's that's just true. a program. That's true. Until this you know, Age of Ultron. Place. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. But um, with Jarvis, I think it's so. I think like, um, like I think it's in uh, it's in Iron Man three after Tony. You know, like the last part of the of the Mark forty two like hits him and then he falls and like the the pieces of the suit go everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he says, as always, it's a pleasure to watch you work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's just like, yeah, calls like in a very subtle way. You uh-huh. know, it's like making fun of, uh-huh. making fun of, uh, Tony and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I appreciate that he is, he is just very comical. And yet, despite like how smart he is and like the, the power that he can control, and really, if he went bad, he could probably just like blow us all, you know. If yeah. He, like if he wanted to, um, but just the way he's the way he works with Tony and like you know their kind of working relationship, I think is is so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately seeing him become the Vision, you know, yeah. um, and just seeing Paul Bettany, you know, who did the voice of Jarvis, then stepping into the role of Vision. Um, and, and getting some true, like, human kind of emotion to Jarvis, I think, um, and, you know, as Vision, has been really cool to see just as, you know, and it's, I appreciate that in the Marvel movies, um, they've just kind of been developing him, you know, even still, even though he's, you know, kind of a robot, you know, um, or, you know, a computer program, that mm-hmm. they've, they've been building up his character a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, and to the point now where Tony is like, he's kind of, I guess, similar to Nightwing that he's moved on, you know, he's no longer, yeah. um, he's no longer Jarvis, you know, he's, he's, he's assumed the role of vision and whatnot. And so, um, 
But yeah, I just think he's really funny more he, than anything. He does bring, and to think like he does bring a lot of humor to the MCU, and to think that he brings even more humor to it not not more humor, but that he brings as much humor to it as he does in an Iron Man movie, which means that like Tony Stark, like Robert Downey Jr., like he's, he's really the, the funny guy. He's really the funny one. So the thing of you're you're anticipating jokes from him, but then to think, yeah, but then there's this other character that that can be as funny or you know, like that's really that's really cool. That's really cool as as well. Um so yeah, so number your number four is Jarvis awesome. from Iron Man. All right, I'm next, and this is uh, number five. This is gonna be my last one, and it comes from a Disney movie. And if, if you guys have listened to Heroes End for a while, uh, you guys know my favorite Disney movie is Aladdin. So of course, if you're talking about sidekicks, uh, I love Abu. And so my my last one, my number five for. Uh, top five sidekicks is Abu, and he's a monkey, but <laughs> similar to BB-8, he brings, uh, it's just a Disney thing to just kind of like, and it's just good animation, it's good storytelling that you can bring so much uh, heart and emotion through a non-human character, mm-hmm. and so we get that a lot with Abu, and, but also maybe more with Abu than like BB-8, um, Abu is really funny, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. there's really and you and you. I feel like you get that pretty quickly in the movie. And so you know the opening scene, or I guess really the second scene in the movie when Aladdin and Abu are you know um, they 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 stole the loaf of bread and they're running away uh, from the guards. And then uh, Abu grabs that sword <laughs> and he starts waving it at the guards, uh-huh. and you just see him like <laughs> waving it and then. And then one of the guards is like, he has a sword. And he, so he's waving and slicing it in the air. And then the the head guard says, you idiots, we all have got swords. And he pull, they all pull out swords. And then you <laughs> just see Abu like, oh, like slowly drop the sword like in place. All right, never mind, never mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to go. And so he just drops the sword, you know, so like that part's hilarious. Um, I love when he gives Aladdin a hard time. That's also a lot of fun, too, to kind of mm-hmm. see that. Um, you, particularly in the scene where uh, Aladdin gets thrown in prison, and Abu goes and to save him, to to rescue him, to essentially um, uh, break him out. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he looks. I love that Abu has like a vest, and so he, like he opens up his a vest, like his vest, and he's like looking for like the right key or the right pick to like pick the lock properly, <laughs> and so he does it. And then you know the whole time Aladdin's talking to him about Jasmine. And then all of a sudden, Abu does like a Jasmine impersonation, which is great coming that it's from a monkey. And you see him like, like throw his vest over his over his head and his like eyelashes like all go out like a girl. And he starts wagging his tail and he goes, oh, wow, 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 wow. Like, it's so, <laughs> it's so good, dude. Like, I love this character so much. And so, um, and you know what, through, through all of it, like a, like a good sidekick, he's there with Aladdin the whole time. Yeah. And so, you know, he, he helps Aladdin. Um, he, a lot of time he rescues Aladdin or he helps him out, you know? And so, um, it's, his, it, you know, it's, he's Aladdin's buddy. It's his loyal friend. And so, um, I just, I love, I love Abu. I love what he brings to the movie. And again, I just love Aladdin in general. So I can go on and on about, you know, why it's, 
amazing. So you can cut me off now. What, what's your <laughs> what is your favorite song from Aladdin? Oh gosh, there's some there's some good ones in there. It might know? have been it, it might be that that first that first song, um, one step ahead. Uh, that might be. I don't know why I I like why maybe that one out of all of them. Uh, the genie song, uh, you know, you know, a friend like me, you're never gonna have a friend like me. That one, um, that's a close second. Um, but even that love song, man, um, it's so good. World, dude. A whole new world, like that's that's a really good just love song. It really is, and you know what? It's so good. Well, really, not just that one, but those Disney love songs. Yes. So you take them down, you put a, like a nice instrumental to them. Yes. Or may, may have played those at your wedding. You may, know? Possibly. So, who, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Probably. I don't, I don't know. No, but uh, yeah, the for sure. Aladdin's great. So many good things about it. Good villain, in my opinion. Good cast. It's just an overall good movie. So my last sidekick uh, for this top five is Abu. Cody, what's your last one? Mine also comes from a Disney movie. And I think this Disney movie okay. is one of, if not the most underappreciated animated Disney movie that there is um and that is emperor's new groove is where my where my last sidekick comes and technically it's a villain yes so it's cronk <laughs> from you know yzma and cronk yeah um and he's dumb and <laughs> it's hilarious every single time you know um just as we were as we were talking about this you know um as andy and i were talking about this episode and whatnot i pulled up the clip um from the movie where <laughs> he said where he's sneaking you know he's got um the the llama cusco yeah. in uh-huh. the in the bag and he's like trying to sneak him out and throw him in the in, in the um waterfall yeah. you know mm-hmm. um to get him out of the castle and you know first in that moment you have Cusco narrating you know kind of what's happening and how he's like he's got his own theme music and and he's and like true. and he's like sneaking on the uh-huh, wall uh-huh. um but then also you have the the uh the little like angel and uh and devil that show up on his shoulder which <laughs> i think they only show up like twice throughout the whole movie but they are so funny both of the times um they show up cuz you know first first time you have the angel that shows up uh, and then the devil one shows up and he's like, hey, no, don't listen to him. He's trying to lead you down the path of righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And they're just talking, you know. Um, and then uh, then the devil starts doing this little like handstand kind of thing. And then Kronk's like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> and the angel's like, no, hold on. He's got a point. You know? <laughs> like, I, just, I just think it's so funny. Um, and, you know, he can talk to squirrels. Yeah, so that's you know you gotta you gotta know how to do that you know it's important so um and i really i don't know that there's any other character that really makes me want spinach puffs oh my gosh i will say so <laughs> that's incredible i will say credit to you uh cp for picking a villainous sidekick for going for a you sidekick know. that isn't a, a good guy so i actually so we were working on this and i on the you know getting ready for this episode and i think you might mention you know i think i'm gonna get one from a disney movie and i just know how much you love emperor's new groove that i, I thought you were gonna pick um one of the good guys like Cusco and pacha yeah yeah exactly but then so i was actually it was a curveball that you went you went with with this guy that you you didn't go with the good guy you went with Kronk and so that was I give you I give you credit for that one for I, sure I appreciate that I also like Isma is really ugly 
I just want to say that for the She's record. So isn't that one of the lines? Isn't that <laughs> reference? Isn't that what what when at one time the emperor says like, "Why is she so, so ugly?" Yeah. Or like, and it's like zooming in on her face, on her face, <laughs> and just like, like and her, her growth, features, yeah, her, her yeah, wrinkles, yeah. and all that. Yeah, so that's so. for sure. That it's definitely a uh, an underrated movie for sure. Disney movie. I will maybe challenge you on. On you, it being the most underrated? On, on it being the most underrated. I think I have one that's maybe even more underrated, and that's Meet the Robinsons. I think I knew you were going to say that. I that And might, I can't I can't argue that because su- I haven't seen that Surprise, movie. surprise. Oh, you haven't seen it. Oh, look, another <laughs> human being hasn't seen this incredible Disney movie. Shocker. Shocker. All right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so, for sure but yeah so that's my that's the last of my top five Kronk from emperor's new groove that's our episode of heroes and top five sidekicks let us know what sidekicks you think we missed on social media you can tell us on twitter and instagram at heroes underscore and on facebook at facebook.com slash heroes and or you can email us at heroes and podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to check out our website heroes just want to give you guys the new comics uh, coming out August 17th. And we start off with Batgirl and Birds of Prey, issue number one. We have Suicide Squad, issue number one. Fallen, issue number one. This is a Civil War II tie-in. Uh, so you, you want to make sure you need to know what's happening in that in that storyline to pick that up. And then also we have Mighty Thor, number 10. And if you're able to subscribe, rate, review, as well as share Heroes and with your geeky friends, that would be awesome. Any uh, support, whether it's through ratings or uh, just your writing reviews on on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, would be awesome. And then sharing it, you know, um, with others goes a long way, um, and just helping us get you know um, more listeners. Uh, and just spreading the team heroes and umbrella, and so uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we would greatly appreciate that. We, that goes a long way for sure. So, thank you so much for listening to Heroes and I'm Cody, and I'm Andy, and, and we're out. out.